You're listening to the Back Porch Talk Podcast. Danny and Jason had many discussions and debates on the back porch while making pivotal investment moves with assets. That's right, with trading cards. They welcome you to the back porch and right into those discussions about current sports news with a fresh and unique twist. So come on and join us. Welcome to the Back Porch Top Podcast. I'm your co-host, Jason. Co-host, Danny. Fans, we got a full show for you today, so let's get right to it. The NFL talk. Coach Prime goes to Colorado. First, Danny, right into the NFL, where the Green Bay Packers went ahead and did that thing once again against those lowly Chicago Bears. Uh, 28-19 Packers win. A.J. Dillon, 18 carries for 93 yards for a touchdown. Justin Fields of the Chicago Bears, two interceptions. 20 for 25, though, very efficient for 254 yards. Aaron Rodgers, 18 for 31, 182 yards. Pedestrian game for him, mm-hmm. quite frankly. Uh, but he escapes with another win in Chicago at that, his favorite place. Yeah, I'm glad that the Packers are getting a bye next weekend. Uh, they desperately need it. Um, mm-hmm. to hopefully get uh, recovered from all these injuries and everything. Christian Watson did very well. I mean, he, he got that one carry on an end around here for 46 yards mm-hmm. for a touchdown. I'm just not really enthused about watching the Green Bay Packers. I am going to be interested, though, in watching them when Dobbs, when Dobbs actually comes back. Mm-hmm. So I would love to see that dynamic duo, if you will, Dobbs and and Christian Watson. I would have loved to have seen, obviously, Devontae in the mix there with these young receivers, but that's not the case. So I would love to see how the Packers will, really will approach the remainder of the season. Mm-hmm. I think they're close to being mathematically out of it. I'm wondering if Jordan Love is going to actually play, but nonetheless, Danny, I mean, Packers will go ahead and wins this game against the Bears. What say you? They were trailing, it was a 16 to 3, and then Watson got that touchdown right before the first half ended. So it made 16 10. And then they just shut the Bears down in the second half. Feels look good, man, for being off a week. You know, he had the shoulder injury, but he had two of those interceptions were a killer for him. Uh, but they have a lot to look forward to in Chicago, I think, with Justin Fields. He's looking mm-hmm. a little more comfortable. Not only running the ball, but in the pocket. Because yesterday he had a couple opportunities. He could have took off and ran, but he actually sat there and took a hit and threw the ball and put it on the money. So mm-hmm. they can get some pieces around him. David Montgomery's consistent, consistent back. Khalil Herbert, the one that's injured for the rest of the season, or he may be back later in the season. They have some pieces there. But on the Packers side of the ball, they do have – Still an opportunity to make the playoffs. It's slim. Chicago blew this one, man. I think mm-hmm. yeah. Green Bay winning. It was Chicago had the, everything going for them and just let it go. But we've seen this how many times now? We've seen this song and dance with Chicago <laughs> where in the games they do jump ahead. They just let the game go. And Christian Watson had a strong game. A.J. Dillon got the ball. And do you remember I said <laughs> I don't know if Aaron Jones is hurt. He he had an awkward – he got tackled awkwardly. So, I didn't know if that took him out the game. They really didn't say. 
but they featured AJ Dillon yesterday more than Aaron Jones. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And at the beginning of the season, AJ Dillon was more the feature back, or he at least had a comparable amount of carries mm -hmm. uh, and touches. And then they, and Aaron Jones said, no, 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 this is my team. And then they went strictly with Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon mm -hmm. wasn't getting anything. So I think that's something they messed up on in the season where the balance mm -hmm. wasn't there. And you saw AJ Dillon, what he can do, man. He gives you that, it's that thunder and lightning type yep. uh, combo and they weren't exploiting that. So good for him. And he had a good game yesterday. And Danny, right into your Atlanta Falcons taking the Dale against the Pittsburgh Steelers, nineteen to sixteen, and where Marcus Mariota he throws for one hundred sixty-seven yards, one touchdown, a critical pick uh, at the very end of the game. Uh, Falcons actually had an opportunity to uh, tie this game up. Man, uh, they got the ball uh, was down deep in in the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers territory there. Uh, what happens? Marcus Mario throws a pick. Uh, that's what happened. Kenny Pickett throws for 197 yards, one touchdown, uh, 16 for 28. Uh, Najee Harris runs for 86 yards. Uh, Danny, your Falcons take this L. What say you? <laughs> Another tough one, Jay. Another tough one, man. This was defense played well. They held Pittsburgh to 19. Offense, Mariota, airmailing cats. Left and right. And Drake London had a great game. He had 95 yards, six receptions. But there are a lot of opportunities. Mariota, where the Atlanta Falcons, they could have easily won this game if their their offense would have been in sync. And Mariota wasn't overthrowing people like he was, which begs the question, when are you going to put in Desmond Ritter <laughs> to see what you have? All right, we're 5-8. and eight. We have a bye next week as well. You got to at least see what you have, man. Unless there's something else with him that we're hiding, that they're like, hey, I don't know if we should put him out there. You got to see what you have because Mariota, the way he was playing yesterday, it was just tough to watch. And I actually watched this whole game, which is kudos to me, I guess, <laughs> sticking it through. But it was one where they were down and then they made a comeback and they're actually in the red zone. and. They couldn't convert. They had multiple opportunities in the red zone, and they couldn't convert, and they ended up with field goals. So five and eight, and we'll see what Tampa does tonight to see if we still have a shot at that first place, which is <laughs> not saying a lot. Um, but, yeah, it's time for Desmond Ritter to at least get some get some uh, action in here, man, just to see what – I want to see what he can do. And – I'm sure a lot of the Falcons fans wanted to see, especially after yesterday. It was frustrating watching Mariota do what he did. And Danny, this uh, NFL Sunday was uh, an interesting one uh, that the Commanders and Giants ended in a tie. Uh, mm -hmm. The Vikings continue to uh, progress here in the NFC, uh, beating the New York Jets 27 to 22, uh, making the Vikings 10 and 2. Uh, as an overall record, one of the intriguing games um, going into Sunday for me was the Miami Dolphins 49ers game. I really wanted to see mm -hmm. uh, what Miami was going to do. And unfortunately, they uh, took this L big time. I was hoping for it to be a closer game. 
unfortunately for the 49ers, uh, Garoppolo uh, breaks his foot and he's out the rest of the season, uh, dashing possibly the hopes of the 49ers going to the NFC title game and possibly even the Super Bowl. Uh, that's a huge injury mm-hmm. for the 49ers, man. And so I think this kind of tilts uh, the NFC uh, in a different direction here, Danny. Minnesota still in the mix there. Mm-hmm. Obviously, the Philadelphia Eagles, uh, they're still in the mix here. I mean, uh, they rolled against the Tennessee Titans 35 to 10, man. Yes, they did. Uh, and uh, Jalen Hurts, 380 yards, three touchdowns. If the NFL, if, if they're not considering Jalen Hurts as an MVP candidate, I just don't know what they're looking at, man. I don't know what they're looking at. Totally agree with that. Uh, so we'll see what happens here, Danny. Um, but let me just say, these Eagles are for real. Uh, A.J. Brown against his former team, 119 yards, two touchdowns. Uh, Devontae Smith, 102 yards for a touchdown. I don't know what the hell the Tennessee Titans was thinking, man, by letting A.J. Brown go. Maybe uh, the fact that he was coming up on a contract. He didn't want to pay him. Didn't want to pay him. And so they decided to go into the draft uh, to get uh, another receiver here. Yep. Uh, yep. I believe it was uh, Burks, if I'm not mistaken. Yep, trailing Burks. And he had one reception for 25 yards and a touchdown. He did get knocked out the game with a concussion. Yeah. Yep. He got and lit up, actually. I don't know how he held the ball when he caught it. Interesting move in the offseason by the Tennessee Titans. They are now 7-5. and five. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll see what happens. They are leading in that division. Uh, the division is not strong at all. Uh, that being the AFC South, especially with uh, the Indianapolis Colts that's getting demolished. Oh, that was rough. By the <laughs> Dallas Cowboys. Oh, my Lord. That fourth quarter was no joke. <laughs> man, check in on the Indianapolis Colts, man. Golly, 54 to 19. Man, mm-hmm. yeah, I need to check on check in on just Saturday and boys, man, because they got they got demolished, man. Uh, but those were the things in the NFL, man. Can't forget the Chiefs and Bengals, 27-24, Bengals wins. Mm-hmm. Um, and where uh Burrow goes for 286 for t- for two touches. Uh Jamar Chase, seven receptions for 97 yards, man. Just an uh, interesting gang down to the wire here. What say you, Danny? So, Jason, just looking at the games, the Vikings pull out another one right at the end. The Jets were right there. And uh, the Minnesota Vikings picked off uh, Mike White in the end zone, which the Jets actually, the Jets had multiple opportunities before that where the Vikings defense stepped up and stopped them in the red zone. So Vikings are living life dangerously and won again. Lions. They're the other team besides Green Bay and the Falcons that have like a slim shot to get in the playoffs, and they're starting to pick it up, man. They actually have a big game next week with Minnesota. They look good yesterday. They they did play Jacksonville, but hey, a win is a win, especially yep. at this time. <clears throat> and the way they started the season and a lot of those losses, 
now coming back to bite them because uh, mm-hmm. they could be in better position. But the 49ers, there's rumor that Baker Mayfield may be the one because no. uh, he just got cut by Carolina. Cut by Carolina, yep. So keep an eye on that. Geno, Geno Smith, Seahawks. Pulled that game out against the Rams. I was back and forth. DK Metcalf had a great game. Geno had a great game. He had over 300 yards, three touchdowns. So the Seahawks keep a nice stranglehold on that uh, wild card spot. Yeah, that Cowboys fourth quarter against the Colts. Cowboys put up 33 in the fourth quarter last night. I swear every time the Colts touched the ball last night watching that game, it was a turnover in the fourth quarter. Matt Ryan interception, Matt Ryan fumble, Mo Alley Cox fumble. It was just comedy of errors, and the Cowboys capitalized big time. So great win by the Cowboys. And now, Danny, on to uh, news about Coach Prime taking the head coaching position for the football team at the University of Colorado or Colorado University. And this has been uh, a move that has been rumored for quite some time. Uh, and now it is official. Mm-hmm. Uh, and right now, I think uh, there has been a uh, wide range of opinions and discussions about uh, this move, uh, one in the HBCU world and even outside of the HBCU world. Um, as an HBCU alum, this this is controversial, man. This is a controversial move, man, mm-hmm. uh, in the HBCU world. And I think it's more so for the culture. Uh, when Coach Prime came into Jackson State um, and uh, indicated the I believe statement here, he preached about student athletes coming to an HBCU and ultimately thriving at an HBCU and ultimately getting to uh, the NFL mm-hmm. uh, through HBCUs. Uh, and the thought um, by many was that he was going to possibly stick it out for uh, at least his contract, mm-hmm. uh, or at least until his uh, son, uh, son's actually graduated. And then there were some who thought maybe he would st- stay for an extended period of time. Uh, I, I, Danny, I think one of the things that, and, and reasons why there's some heartache here is because of the expectations that some had on uh, Coach Prime. Mm-hmm. And in terms of how long he would stay. Not only that, but uh, fulfilling, in a sense, some would say a promise that he has made uh, in terms of bringing in top talent, recruiting top talent, uh, proving that HBCUs can, the football programs can create NFL quality athletes. I think what we need to do as an HBCU community is take the lessons that Coach Prime have actually uh, provided in his stint uh, in the HBCU world. He was here for uh, three seasons, two fall seasons, and then one spring season. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think he had a four-year contract. So, Danny, one of the things that Coach Prime, one of the lessons that he provided was about the unfavorable classic contracts. Uh, when one of those things is when you have these classics, Danny, there's a lot of money that's being funneled into these cities mm-hmm. and these schools are getting a drop in a bucket. Uh, the other thing, too, he mentioned was possibly having a coalition within the SWAC conference to review these contracts, not only these contracts, but those contracts that are actually 
uh, done by uh, done in these quote unquote money games. Mm-hmm. Uh, he provided an example where my alma mater, Florida A&M, played in North Carolina. We received, obviously, a, a nice sum of money there. Um, but he compared that to what other schools were getting in terms of over, even over a million dollars. Why are we being uh, given less money, if you will, for that? And that's something that we need to figure out when we start really negotiating uh, these games. Um, that kind of goes into the athletic directors negotiating, et cetera. So those are some of the things he mentioned. He mentioned the facilities time and time again, uh, ticket sales, how um, instead of tailgating outside of the stadium, once you come inside the stadium, uh, enjoy the game, and oh, by the way, provide some additional funds to uh, the program by purchasing a ticket. Um, that helps with the support, whether it's financial or otherwise, your support uh, being in the stadium. And then really just the mentality, Danny, where we need to really start galvanizing um, our resources uh, for the purposes, whether for for the athletic department, uh, we need, need to do a better job, Danny. Listen, man, I saw the video of Prime, Coach Prime and, and his crew uh, getting a tour of the Colorado facilities. Man, those facilities are amazing, man. Mm-hmm. And Prime was keeping it cool, right? But everybody else, you, you know, they were like a kid in a candy store. Yeah. Look at that. Look at all the facilities, the swimming pools, recovery pools, whatever the case may be, the training tables, the cafeteria inside the facilities for the student athletes, um, the meeting rooms, the recreation. I'm like, man, this is absolutely amazing. And all I can say is this, Danny, I can't remember the last time there has been a, uh, a head football coach from uh, an HBC, HBCU that has moved up to become a head football coach of a, a power five team. One of the things that gets lost in this mm-hmm. in all the opinions that's out there is how much money and, and how this is helping the assistant coaches in one of the videos, Danny, in one of the videos, he t- uh, prime talked about, how there were a couple of coaches with them for 16 years. Yep. Okay. Okay. I found the article uh, dated February 10th of this year. The headlines of this article is regents approved contracts for Colorado university buffs football assistance. I'm going to read just a portion of this article, Danny. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, this is dated February 10th. New offensive coordinator, coordinator Mike Sanford has signed one of the most lucrative deals for an assistant coach in Colorado football history. The Sanford, who also coaches quarterbacks, signed a three-year contract valued at $2.1 million in base and supplemental salary, matching the largest deal ever for a Colorado University assistant. Former defensive coordinator DJ Elliott, Elliott signed a three-year $2.1 million contract in 2017 where he earned $700,000 per year, the largest single season salary for a CU assistant at that time. So now Sanford, he'll, he's going to make $650,000 this year, $700,000 in 2023, $750,000 in 2024. Again, this is before Coach Prime and his new assistant crew is coming in. 
Mm-hmm. It further goes to say that there are some other assistants, uh, Devin McGoganen and Patterson. They all signed a two-year deal. Uh, Devin's deal is for four hundred twenty-five thousand for twenty-two, four fifty and twenty-three. Uh, other contracts three hundred fifty in twenty twenty-two. My point in saying all this, Danny, is this: these contracts by the assistant coaches are that of what a head football coach at an HBCU, a prominent HBCU at that really gets. Mm-hmm. And, and so for 16 years that these assistant coaches that has been with Coach Prime from Pee Wee football on up, they're finally getting some funds for their pers- for their own families. And Coach Prime can now create a coaching tree in where these assistants could potentially go on to do uh, some other things. I mean, look, Danny, Colorado only won one game last year, so the expectations are pretty <laughs> low here. If Coach Prime just gets two games, he's made an improvement. Now yeah. that second year and that third year, he's going to have to do some big things there. Mm-hmm. But at least now he can put together his team. I think it's incumbent upon us, we as HBCU uh, alums, uh, uh, the alumni base, we need to really focus in on the infrastructure that video I recommend. It's a YouTube clip. I recommend y'all go out there, take a look, and take a look at the facilities at Colorado University, mm-hmm. because those facilities was there before Coach Prime, and they're going to be there after Coach Prime. Yep. That is something that we need. We as the HBCU community need to focus in on the infrastructure, because no matter who comes in and coaches. Mm-hmm. We need to ensure that we have the infrastructure for our student athletes. Do I blame Coach Prime for going? Let me just say, let me say it in a different way. Mm-hmm. We as an HBCU community, we really need to better our facilities and have a little bit more uh, financial resources for our coaches and assistant coaches to make it a little bit more attractive for them to one come in, but then also two to stay. Yeah. So therefore when there's an attractive offer by a Colorado university or whomever else, the coaches can actually see and taste and have the tangible evidence of what they've experienced at an HBCU, but know that there's, there are some good facilities and good resources there and that is growing. Coach Prime did what what he wanted to do for himself and for his family. Okay. Yep. Uh, and for his assistant coaches. He has made history in doing that. Again, I don't remember a, a head football coach from the HBCU becoming a head coach uh, for, for a uh, PWI. Yeah. Or a power five. But in doing so, I think the promise in, in the expectations, again, there was a wide range of expectations. So you want to have um, some folks who are going to, have, you know, feel some kind of way about this. All big time. Yep. You know, because their feeling was that. Not that he was the savior. Not saying that, mm-hmm. but he would have major influence in getting additional resources uh, to Jackson State Stadium, being one. Yep. Uh, financial resources, I mean, being two. 
But here's going to be a challenge, I think, that is going to be really interesting moving forward, Danny. And that challenge is going to be, just as everybody was talking about giving Jackson State money, Diddy, did you ever give your million dollars? Michael Strahan, are you still going to have that endorsement deal with, with the suits and your suit line and everything? Is that still going to stay true and stay with Jackson State? See, I think those questions need to be answered. And those those people need to be put on front street. I would say congratulations to Jackson State University football team for winning the SWAC, mm -hmm. uh, being a repeat champion, SWAC champion. Um, they're move, they'll move on to the Celebration Bowl. We'll see what happens there. I believe Coach Prime is going to coach. Uh, his son is going to be the quarterback. But, man, this is going to be interesting times. What say you, Danny? Uh, we've been following this before Dion got to Jackson State. And mm -hmm. it's tough for me just because his influence, you kind of mentioned this, but his influence on what he was doing and not only some of the things, shining some lights on some of the dark corners, so to speak, or some areas that people didn't really want to speak to. But then he was giving exposure to so many different avenues mm -hmm. of marketing, advertising, the path to the NFL and calling that out and making people talk about it. Uh, mm -hmm. He had ESPN's ear, not to say that's the end all be all, but they're a big player. They got big money and that money can come back to the schools as what he was doing with Jackson State. So his influence and just his knowledge of the game and how to work the game from a football standpoint, a personal standpoint, and all these different avenues that he was opening up for these student athletes and the HBC community is going to be, it's going to be detrimental, I think, for a while unless there's somebody else that I'm not aware of that's going to come in, you know, to supplant his, the way, the way he does things, he, the way he operates. And now, now I'm not saying someone has to come in and copycat what he's doing or he did, but it was just him bringing a, a fresh set of eyes to a whole different number of items. And that now that's gone. And I think too, the other thing is, if it would have been Florida State he went to versus Colorado, would people mm -hmm. feel a different type of way? Because mm -hmm. that's his alma mater, right? Mm -hmm. Colorado's just kind of odd, <laughs> truth be told. It's just like, but if it was Florida State, I think, I don't want to speak for people, but I think from my standpoint, all right, I get it, right? You get to go back. You get to go where you you started your roots at and take that program where you want to go. But all in all, man, it's, it's just tough to see him leave Jackson State. And I'm curious now, just on the uh, blowback from this, like the players leaving, mm -hmm. so you know, a lot of kids, there's some big time recruits coming into Jackson State. Mm -hmm. And I believe one of the receivers, he's a four star, mentioned he was he wasn't coming. He's decommitting now. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So what then? How? Does that how does that impact the program at Jackson State and possibly others too? Because mm -hmm. Dion has that presence, man. He has that he has that it to uh, make you want to be a part of something. And so now that's gone. And I know he's taking a number of his players that are on the current team to Colorado, 
and whoever else gets into the transfer portal. You know, I'm a big primetime fan. I'm wearing damn Atlanta Falcon shirt. <laughs> <laughs> so it's just one of those things, man. We've been talking about this, and I thought there was more he had on his roadmap before mm-hmm. he would leave. Uh, but a, an opportunity presented itself, and he has his reasons. Mm-hmm. And we don't know those reasons besides what's publicized with us. But it's one of those things where it's like, damn. Now he's gone, but now the HBC community ha- they have an opportunity here. Yeah, to take what he's sense. done mm-hmm. and move it forward. Mm-hmm. Right? And we've talked about that moving things forward. Mm-hmm. Don't get complacent. Take all the momentum that's currently there and move things forward. And I think everything will be okay in time. I I initially said that he was going to be here for his uh, contract. Yeah. Um, and uh, so um, like a year short, a season short here. But nonetheless, Danny, just to kind of give you a frame of reference, according to HBCU Game Day, um, the SWAT commissioner, uh, McClellan, uh, he has indicated that the revenue is up. Uh, SWAC has distributed more than $9 million to its 12 members, not including Jackson State, keeping profits from the SWAC championship game. So um, mm-hmm. they're going to eventually get their money. But uh, nine million dollars. Um, there's projections that, um, eventually the SWAC will overtake some of the f- other leagues here, um, from a financial standpoint. That's all well and good, but we got to look at the facilities of all the uh, member organizations or member schools. Mm-hmm. We need the infrastructure for our student athletes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so though that's the major thing and that's another dynamic that needs to be researched Danny because from state to state it can be completely different like for the for the state of Florida can't use funds for you know facilities like that that's a whole another dynamic versus mm-hmm. that of some other states who can actually use funds for state so or for uh, facilities so um for for those types of facilities from an athletic the congratulations to coach prime but man you know it would have been great for him to stick it out his his contract based upon my expectations mm-hmm. okay on one side you see the, the progression quote unquote the progression of um someone who is doing well in their craft mm-hmm. so on one on one side it could be celebrated from that standpoint. But on the other side, based upon expectations, it would have been good for him to stay the HBCU community, et cetera. Mm-hmm. I've heard people outside of the HBCU world who said they turned on Jackson State games who never had turned it on before. So brought eyeballs, if you will, yep. to to the TV screen. So we'll see what happens. Thank you for joining us at Backports Talk Podcast. You can also join us on Twitter by tweeting us at back underscore podcast. For more information, you can go to our website, which is backporchtalkpodcast.com. You can also email us at backporchtalkpodcast at gmail.com. Again, thank you for joining us. And remember that there's enough hate in the world. So go ahead and spread a little love.